Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. This sermon was taken from the life of the church. For more messages like this, please see our website, www.venturechurch.co.za. We hope you enjoy this message. If you are looking around and there's a little less facial hair than you're used to, it is because it is the men's camp this weekend. And so that's where all the other men are. Some of us couldn't make it. Some of us did. Some of us went through yesterday. Hey, how was it, guys, who went through? Good, 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 good. That's a, that's, that is like a full man report. <laughs> hey, that's it. Like, <laughs> we had a, a whole weekend of things, and like, how was it? It's good. Like, that's it. There's, like, gravity there. It's awesome. This morning, we are in the series Freedom in the Spirit. Ah, what a pretty graphic. And this morning, the title of the message is called Wild and Free. Wild and Free. Some of you would have been around, but not all of you. For Woodstock, 1969. (laughs) The iconic music festival in 1969 is an incredible story of how art can mobilize and unite people. More than 400,000 people came for an Aquarian explosion of peace and music. That's the official tagline on the on the poster. It became a free festival to protest Vietnam War and to celebrate American society's newfound freedom from repression. The Woodstock generation was all about sex, drugs, mud, and music. Young people had found their voice. This, the counterculture hippies threw their fists at the establishment. Amen. (laughs) So I grew up listening to Woodstock tapes. If you don't know what a tape is, ask your parents. Every car used to have a tape machine. My dad had tapes, I think three or four, of the tapes of the Woodstock Festival, of all the music, and it had all the little sound bites and the in-between announcements, and um, it's very interesting. I grew up listening to all of that. It's all somewhere in my head. It's there. The, the tapes, the concert opens up with the artist Richie Havens. He arrives... As they almost uh, recently, we watched the we started watching the the DVD. Also, if you don't know what a DVD is, <laughs> ask your parents. We started watching the film, and you see Richie Havens starting. He, he just kind of walks up. They're they're pretty much building the stage around him, and he just plugs in and just on his acoustic guitar, he just starts to strum. And he just starts to sing one word, freedom. He just starts singing, freedom, 
Freedom, much better than this. Freedom, freedom from Mike singing, please. Freedom. He just starts singing freedom. Just an incredible way to start this, this festival. Unfortunately, hippie freedom ends up being mostly about no rules, about following your heart, about finding the next existential and hedonistic experience. Peace and free love were the order of the day. And when the Bible talks about freedom, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same. The Bible's perspective is not ours, because God's perspective is not ours. When the Bible talks about freedom, it is because slaves to sin, we are slaves to our flesh, to chasing after all that our flesh desires, and to try fill our broken bits with the wrong things. We are in bondage, chained up by our systems and our fleeting passions. But there's good news. Jesus came to free us from all of this, from all of that. Jesus came to bring us true freedom, freedom from sin and freedom to live free. We're not just saved from something, we're saved to something. If we are honest, we actually know that the Bible is true when it, in Jeremiah talks about how wicked our hearts are. Inside of us, we're pretty much our own worst enemies most of the time. So with all of this in mind, let's read our scripture. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 to 15. If you're there, say there. They're there. Oh, too soon, yes. <sighs> so Christ has truly set us free. Other versions say it is for freedom that Christ set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive the, by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we placed our faith in Christ, there is no benefit in being circumcised or, uns or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. You were running so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from believing these false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching, 
that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. Paul is holding no punches here. It's, oh, let's get back onto the, the good stuff. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another. For the whole law can be summed up in this command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if, you're always, but if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. We spent a, a long time in the series on Galatians talking about the law versus the gospel, and we're not going to go over that. But Paul, again here, is bringing that contrast. Circumcision meaning the law, the old way, the Jewish way. And he's going, no, wait a second, Jesus is much greater than that. And when you believe him, you don't have to be bound by these other things anymore. Let's go for a, a summary through this, through what we just read. Verse 1, Jesus wants us to be free. He has no other intention for us. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. He just wants you to be free. So he set you free. How cool is that? The message says Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. By trying to keep, oh, verse 4, by trying to keep the law, we end up falling out of God's grace. This is a phenomenal statement. We think, we might be thinking that we're doing the right thing. We're keeping the law. Things are going well. It is good that we keep the law, right? South Africans, we're like, nah. <laughs> 65 is fine. <laughs> 130 at least. <laughs> when we try to keep the law, as in the Jewish law, what ends up happening is we end up falling out of God's grace. Verse 5 says, we who live by the Spirit. There's some assumption here. Paul is saying, when you know Jesus, when you live in his freedom, you live by the Spirit. The title for this series is Freedom in the Spirit. Verse 7, you are running so well. Who stopped you? Who hindered you from running so well? See, they're fighting for the freedom that Jesus had already paid for. The freedom that Jesus has paid for. Verse 13 says that we are called to live in freedom, so don't use your freedom to sin. It's so easy. We've, we're free. We can, we can do what we want. Romans talks about, so if, you know, if God's grace is kind of equal to sin, you know, then we'll just increase the sin and then there can be more grace. No, 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 no. I mean, logically it makes sense, but no, don't do that. Paul even says, no, don't be dumb. It's in the Bible, it says that. Go look it up. Romans, don't be dumb. 
Don't use your freedom to sin. Instead, serve one another. He goes on to say, love your neighbor. That's how we serve one another. We love our neighbor. Verse 15, do not devour one another. If we were to look around, look around, just look around, see who's here. Do they look delicious? Stop. No, exactly. Stop devouring one another. A phrase, biting each other's heads off. Instead, love, serve. We are called to live a life of freedom, a life that is wild, a life that is not weird. We're called to live wild, not weird. Dudley Daniel said, it is more important what we get saved into than what we get saved out of. So often we can put such a focus on where we come from, on what we have done, on on all of that stuff, instead of looking forward into what God is calling us to, into even what it means to live a life of freedom. So what does this wild life look like? When I was typing this out, word struggled with the words wildlife. He wanted to make it wildlife. Like, that's cool, but that's not what we're... It's not a safari where we have people driving through, looking at us through binoculars. That's not how this life is. We have a wild life in the freedom that Christ paid for. What does that look like? Well, it looks like living by the Spirit. The wild life that God has called us to is lived by the Spirit. We're going to go on a bit of a tangent now, on purpose, because there are people who are word people, and there are people who are spirit people. And as we live our wild and free life, we are both word and spirit people. We're not word people or spirit people. This wild life, this free life that Jesus paid for, means that we are both word and spirit people. Let's look at some scripture. So I'm not just, it doesn't sound like I'm just ranting. Ephesians 6 verse 17 says, Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Word and Spirit. Cool. John 6, verse 63, Jesus speaking. He says, The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are Spirit and life. Jesus' words are Spirit and life. It's important to follow Jesus' words, right? Cool. That means that we're following the Spirit. Cool. Word and Spirit. Okay. We're getting there. We're not there yet. James 1, verse 21. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the Word of God, uh, the Word God has planted in your hearts, for it is the power to save your souls. 
How do you get saved? How do you come to know Jesus? This is a work of the Spirit. This says that it's the Word that is planted in you that produces life. Power to save your souls. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13, Therefore we never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And the word continues to work in you who believe. Again, the same thing. We live by word and spirit. We're not all. We're not all people. We're and people. We're called to live wild and free. So what is this wild and free life look like? It's lived by the Spirit. What does that look like? What does a life by the Spirit look like? Well, it means that we have a private devotional life. We spend time with Jesus. We are spiritual when no one is watching. We are spiritual when no one is watching. We allow God in. We spend time with Him. We lean on Him. We choose to slow down and live by His timing. <laughs> Patience is a virtue, especially in Joburg. <laughs> we learn to hear His voice, learn His will, and His ways. His ways are not our ways. His ways are far above. We worship at home and at church. We fast regularly as we seek the Lord for others and for things that are bigger than ourselves. We put our flesh aside. This is what it means to live in the freedom of Christ. We believe in baptisms. We don't just have a private devotional life. We believe in baptisms. We believe in being water baptized, which is a, a work of obedience. We believe in being baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're prophetic people. We hear his voice and we do something about it. We're just things in our lives. We tell someone else. Whenever we are prophetic, what are we doing? We're looking to strengthen, we're looking to encourage, we're looking to comfort, we're looking to build up other people. Because God is good. And he wants to move us from where we are into all that he has for us. Remember, we're not just looking at what we called out of, it's what we're called into. It's a free life. The fruit of a wild and free Christian's life is living in fruit. What does that come fruit? What, is that, what, what does that look like? Well, this should be the fruit of our lives. Right? This, this list now is, should be the fruit of our lives. That we pursue holiness. That we pursue holiness in our thoughts, in our actions, in our speech that we pursue holiness, that we forgive quickly and easily, like water off a duck's back. 
We don't hold on to things. We don't let things fester. We don't carry offenses or allow roots of bitterness to take hold. We have a big tree outside of our house. And uh, this tree is great in summer because it offers shade. It's horrible in winter because it offers shade. As this tree keeps growing, guess what? The roots keep growing. If you know anyone in the council, please help us. We want, we want the tree gone. We just, it's hours on the phone. Um, or if you can donate airtime, that will also help. <laughs> That's a joke. Um, but as the tree grows, the roots grow. And those roots have caused so much damage already to our wall, to our water pipes, hopefully not to the foundation, hopefully not to our gate. Roots of bitterness can cause that kind of damage if we allow them to grow, to grow, or to be the mark of our lives. What else do we do? We tithe and trust God with our finances. He is our source, not our job, not our investments. The Lord is our source, and He can do incredible things when we trust Him. There are so many testimonies just in this room about that. What else do we do as wild and free Christians? Well, we're apostolic in nature. We heard a couple of weeks ago that being apostolic means that you are someone who is sent by someone to a place to do something. Jesus said, go into all the world, making disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and surely I'm with you to the end of the age. We are sent. Where are we sent to? Well, we're sent to wherever you go. Wherever you go, guess what? That's where you are sent to. So let's trust the Lord that we are sent by someone to a place to do something. That means that you carry Jesus into your workplace, into your friendships, into your family, into wherever you go, even into the nations, you carry the presence of Jesus, you are sent. We are sent. Wild and free Christians are obedient to his voice first. We are obedient to his voice first. We don't try to please people. There's a couple of truths. Jesus loves you. The devil hates you. Everyone has a plan for your life. In the age of opinion, everyone has a plan for your life. And so that's why we need to have that private devotional life where we get to learn his voice, hear his voice, hear what he is saying to us, and start to prophetically step out into that because Everyone will have a say. Everyone will have a say. As wild and free Christians, we are governed by our faith and not our feelings or our fears. We are governed by our faith, not our feelings or our fears. When Jesus 
in Luke 4, comes back from being tempted. He arrives at the synagogue, opens a scroll, and reads from Isaiah 61, and says, today this is, this is fulfilled in your, in your presence, setting out what he has come to do. Do you know what the term Christian means? It was originally was used as an insult, meaning little Christ. And that's who we are. We are little Christ. We carry the presence of Jesus wherever we are. Right? Our lives should start to, as we seek him, we should start to change and look and adjust to, be, to look like Jesus. People should be able to look at your life, take a snapshot and go, flip. Oh, man, that just looks, just looks like Jesus. So let's read Isaiah 61 quickly. This is what Jesus was called to, and I believe that this is what we are called to. Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 3. The, sovereign, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To, who, to all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festival praise instead, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. We are, led, we are spirit-led and anointed. We speak the gospel to anyone who will listen. We know the Lord is the answer for others, for healing, for freedom, for heartache. Not only all of this, but as wild and free Christians, we live in our purpose. We find that sweet spot where our gifting and our passions intersect. And we start to live in our purpose. As wild and free Christians, we have the guts to walk in community. We have the guts to walk in community. I love our ways like one man, like... I mean, if you look at like Indiana Jones, takes on the world, or I mean, there's all the superheroes. It's great. They're just individuals. Just you know, you do you. That's. But actually, that's not the way of the Lord. The way of the Lord is together. The way of the Lord is one another. It's it's sharpening. It's it's calling greatness out. It's calling out bad stuff in one another, so that we can move forward. And it takes guts to live in community. In community, we are vulnerable, and we sharpen and are sharpened in gloriously messy relationships. <laughs> Come to church, everything is perfect. No, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> but when you live in the freedom that the Lord paid for, guess what? Those little niggles, those little things, easily sorted out because they're not the main thing. The main thing is Jesus. The main thing is that we look at him, we follow him, and we get others to walk together to follow what he has called us to. Together, we are a better picture of Jesus. 
Do you know that you have a unique perspective, a unique journey? You bring something unique to an expression of Jesus that I would never have if you were not in the room, if you were not with us. I cannot experience Jesus. I cannot see the fullness of the picture of Jesus if you are not here. Because you bring something unique. You bring color. You bring perspective. You bring... We need to do this together. We need to do this together. As wild and free Christians, we love the unlovable. We love the unlovable. When, the, when everyone else counts them out, we can love them with the love of the Lord. As wild and free Christians, we serve. We serve the Lord. We serve others. We serve our neighbors. We serve nations. As wild and free Christians, we don't gossip. We know that there is power in the tongue, life and death. And so we don't use that to bring death, we use that to speak life. As wild and free Christians, we don't allow our personality to dictate how we live out our obedience to the Lord. What does that mean? It means that if you're an introvert, the Lord can still use you. You can step out. You can talk to people. You can connect with others. Why? Because it's the Lord working through us. We don't go, sorry, that's not for me. I'm not like that, Lord. Trust that the Lord doesn't work from without. He works from within. So he'll get you there. It's not like all of a sudden he's going to, I have a friend who, bless his heart, he will not pray about missions. He will not he refuses to pray about just in case the Lord sends him to Timbuktu. Because if he doesn't pray about it, it'll never happen, and that's okay. Like, we can't be those people. We can't be afraid of what the Lord might possibly potentially do with us, through us, for someone else, because of our personality, because of our own preferences, because of how we are. That is not what dictates. It's the Lord's voice that dictates how we walk this out. All of this should be the fruit of, the free, of freedom in our lives. It's not just doing whatever you want. No, no, no. It is different. It is following the Lord. So how do you get good fruit? You make the tree good. Right? You make the tree good. How do you make the tree good? You live your life open-handed, allowing the Lord to add allowing the Lord to take away. Lord, nothing is off limits for you. You can have anything. You can take anything. Lord, I'm, I'm ready. That's how you make the tree good. We're called to live a life of freedom in Jesus, not just a life, a life free from sin, a life of freedom in Jesus, to walk in that freedom, a life that is wild and free. 
You're not called to try and live a safe life. Jude 21 says the safest place to be is in God's love. Ships are safe in a harbor. That's not what ships were made for. We're not called to try to be safe. We're called to be free in that biblical freedom. Are we living in the freedom that Jesus paid for? Is this fruit the fruit of our lives? Are we living wild and free? Or are we trying to control, trying to be safe, allowing our personality, our preferences, our hurts to shape how we live? This morning, earlier in, in the service, certainly I felt a call to, to dream again, to step out, to, to trust the Lord again. So often we can be, things can get cloudy in our vision. When Jesus washes his disciples' feet, Peter protests. He says, no, Lord, you can't do this. And then Jesus is like, I have to. Peter says, well, if you have to, then wash all of me. He's like, well, Peter, just calm down. Those who are already washed only need their feet washed. It's a picture of the Middle East as they walked around in sandals and dusty roads. What would happen? Their feet would get dusty. And so there would be a servant in a household who would then wash that feet, those feet, your feet. See, when we know Jesus, we don't need to be cleansed again. But as we walk around this earth, as we interact with broken people, with other broken people, as we work, we have pressures on us, as we drive, as we have taxis on us, these things, guess what? Our feet get dirty. Our feet get dusty. Things attach themselves to us. Maybe we make decisions that are not the best for us. But the Lord is faithful. He is faithful. He's already shown that this morning. That he wants to wash our feet, to get us to, to walk in his ways again. To get us to, to dream again. To get us to focus on him and step out trusting him again. And we can live in the freedom that he paid for. Not because it's the right thing to do. No, because Jesus just wants us to. You can live bound or you can live in freedom. Thank you for listening to this sermon. We would love to know how this message spoke to you. Please connect with us through our website www.venturechurch.co.za or through our various social channels.